Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Want Money, Got Money with Sam Kamani. In this episode, I have done something different. I have divided this episode into two different parts. In first part, Hataf is going to share all about a mandate, a mandate of a venture investment fund on how they choose their investments on how they choose a founder on what makes them choose a certain startup over another and in part 2 he shares with us what happens when startup founders promise a result and they cannot deliver results so without any further ado let's get into it welcome to the show hataf thank you very much for having me sam This podcast is called Want Money Got Money. This is a podcast for founders, entrepreneurs and investors. This is where we find out um from founders, you know, what works, what doesn't work and also from investors we try and find out what makes them choose one founder over the other or one idea over the other and just get some insights. So for those who don't know I know Hataf from when he used to work for NZBIF which is the New Zealand Venture Investment Fund and yes Hataf why don't you tell us a bit about like what you do and how you got started with oh, so, the whole VC industry and stuff yeah. So I always wanted to be in venture capital when yeah. I was younger so I was uh, involved in family businesses at a young age so yeah. was you know had loosely understood how entrepreneurship worked and got really lucky and got into private equity at a very young age at 23 so first job wow. after university and i got to understand how investments work but on the more mature side of the of things you know so investing in say oil rigs yeah. investing in say you know real estate so really mature assets but not really yes. early stage so back then i was really really excited the fact you know i used to think about venture capital and it would really excite me because yes. to me venture capitalists are the rock stars of the finance world because yeah. you've got investment bankers you've got your people working at eypwc and venture capitalists yes. are the ones that are actually taking the most amount of risk and that's just something very enticing yes. and i don't think everybody is every not everybody can be a, a good vc in my opinion and the other opinion i have is you don't need to be good at finance to be a good vc So some of the best VCs in the world if you look at what Sequoia does. Yes. And if you look at, you know, how people got into VC, everybody's yeah. got into VC using their own. Like everybody's had a very interesting journey into venture capital. So some people yeah. go into venture capital by being a founder, a successful founder. Yep. And I think those are the best VCs because they've been through the journey. Yes. They've built the networks, they know the ups and the downs, they've had Absolutely. to make payrolls. So these are the best VCs because they can empathize with the founder. Yes. There are certain VCs that get in via MBAs, so they do their MBA and they yeah. maybe have a background in investment banking. When you have a background in investment banking or private equity, yeah, you're basically really useful to a startup company. But when the startup company wants to exit in an M and A or list somewhere, so you're pretty yes. useful there, but you're pretty useless in the early stage, like literally. Oh, you, absolutely. You can't offer much value. So, or you have, yeah. So there are three. Th- three paths either you've gone in through the investment banking yep. private equity field either you've gone in as a founder or you were really lucky to get yes. a job as an analyst when you were really young straight out of university university so that's the rarest so my path was yes. was a little bit convoluted in yep. the sense that I did have some PE background back in Dubai and then yeah. I moved to New Zealand I did my masters in investments from um, Massey 
And I did the research, which was, you know, very well recognized. I got published in the Journal of Applied Finance. Mm -hmm. And I managed to get an interview with the CEO of NZWIF back then. And I was just in the right place at the right time. So I managed yeah. to luck my way in as an analyst. That was my journey. That was your in yeah. into the... That was my in. But if you look at, say, some people like Sequoia. Yes. So, because this is something that I have also to have, you know, given a lot of thought to. What What is yes. a good VC? So if you look at what Sequoia does, which in my opinion is the best VC on earth right now, some of their partners have had really interesting backgrounds. So, for example, I'll give you two yes. really interesting outliers, and you can use yes. this this as a basis of what a good VC is like, because you yeah. cannot pinpoint what a good VC is like. So, one of the yes. partners at Sequoia was an actuary, and he has a really good track record. Yeah. And when people ask him, how is an actuary making such good investment decisions? He basically said, that's because as an actuary, you're trained to think 30 years into the future. That's why I'm a really good VC, right? And that's why I have an excellent track record. There's another partner at Sequoia who used to be a reporter, business reporter, very good VC partner. People ask her, how, what do you think? Why are you yeah. such a good VC compared to everybody else? Yes. She says, because as a reporter, I'm trained to ask the right questions. Absolutely. And to get down to the right, you know, basically the meat of it all. So I think in summary... You, I don't know what a good VC is, but, yeah. you know, it's just, in my opinion, if yeah, you're a yeah. founder and you want to basically raise money from a VC and you don't know if, if the VC is good or bad, there is a couple of ways to figure it out. Really easy ways to do it. Firstly, you ask who's actually backed you. As a VC, yes. you actually have to, someone has to back you because you're managing Absolutely other people's money. Right. Yes. So if you have, you know, a sovereign fund backing you, or if you have some yeah. really credible founders backing you, exited yeah. founders backing you, then you can basically say that these, you know, think to yourself, you know, yes. someone's done their data, their diligence. Yes. These guys have done their diligence and they are comfortable with your networks. They're comfortable yes. with your commercial acumen. And, you know, that's how this is. This is one way of figuring yeah. out. Second is talking to other founders because every VC will need to go out and they need to talk to lots of founders. And there's a famous quote I read somewhere which says a VC's reputation is not based on who you funded, it's, it's who you've rejected. What do they say about you, right? Yeah. When you've, if, if you go to a VC and the VC, because if you go and you, as a VC, if I back someone, yes. obviously they're going to praise me. Yeah. Obviously they're going to say, yeah, he's good. He's this, he's this, he's this. But just as important, you have to go to the people who didn't back you and see what their feedback is. You yeah. know, did they give you a fair hearing or... Were they really, like, did they have really good reasons? Like, for example, a VC might say, we're passing on this investment because of these challenges. Now, yeah. as a founder, do you think this was valid or this was not valid? So, yeah. Yeah. So, again, I've said a, a ton of things because it's a very interesting topic. What is a good VC? How do you get into VC? This is, uh, yeah. this is not an easy, easy answer. But and everyone will have their own journey, I'm sure, just like you. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. So, I think, I think you're right there. Yeah, just, yeah. When you were with NZWF or when you were in the private sort of equity and all that, what would make you choose one fa founder over other or, you know, one investment over other? What's your yardstick? What's your... So I, I so there is like two, two ways to do it. So yes. every fund has its own strategy. Absolutely. So yeah. first I'm going to start there. So yeah. you need to figure out what the fund strategy is. For example... Yeah. If you have a fund, which is, say, a $100 million fund, yep. right? And let's say they're two partners. And let's say that the company is a very hands-on investor. 
they want to be engaged with you they want to handhold you they want to join your board they want to add yeah. value right then automatically one in one partner yes. cannot take more than five board roles okay yeah. right physically it's not possible yes. so if, if that's the case then if you have two partners they can maximum do 10 investments every fund has a five year cycle so in five yes. years they can make 10 investments max and all funds the way you make money on a fund is you never put all your money i mean depends on how much money you're deploying some yes. early stage funds do go all in but most funds the way they operate is on a risk adjusted basis they put give you some money up front and as yes. the risk diminishes they follow yes. on in the ones that are Absolutely. really good so for those funds yes. right and then certain funds have a specific sector focus some funds are just oh, yeah, biotech absolutely. i have so what we would look for in those yes. funds is totally dependent on what the strategy is if i'm a hands off fund and i don't take board roles i can yes. actually invest in 50 founders 100 founders if i'm investing in 100 founders let's just loosely say 1 million yeah. dollar each on 100 founders so i'm not talking about the following on yeah yeah right? follow But on yes, yes yes if i ignore the follow on if, if you know hypothetically i have to back 100 founders if that's my yes. so i'm going to focus on founder and his personality and i'm yes. going to go early and i'm going to take lots of bets in the hopes yeah. that some of them work out if i am a more of a active investor which is more useful i'm more of an active investor then i'll automatically only invest in 10 companies and what i look for will be very different so again if you want i can so this is the background here yeah. so then i can what i can do is i can run you through what we used to look at when we were at the private equity level which is late stage compared to what we used to look at or what we were told to look at while we were at nzwif so yes. i can walk you through in really precise detail as to precisely what oh that'd be super useful is yeah. exactly what people look for so from a private equity perspective this is what we used to do so our sector focus was real estate and you know things which are capital intensive we used yeah. to put a ton of money in and i yes. think what pre pe guys are doing or what late stage yeah. guys are doing is that by that time the business model is kind of set you're not investing into a company to change the business model you're not investing into a company to yeah to basically inform them hey this is this is yes. this, this is how you get to product market fit or hey yeah. this is how you build a brand when you invest in yeah. late stage from a value add perspective in late stage what you're purely doing is you're adding your M&A expertise. You're basically yes. saying here if I give you say 20 million dollars now, will that allow you to say use that as collateral and get 50 million dollar loans from the bank, for example, yeah. Yeah. right? So that's capital structure. Can I come in and can I so this is leverage, it's right? Leverage, absolutely. Can I basically come in and using my networks I can you know validate you i say hey i'm backing yes. you so there might be a ceo of a really yes. big shot ceo who's unwilling to associate his name with your company but if yes. i'm there and i'm backing you can i entice a really big shot ceo to come in and yeah. run it for you as a pe guy the other things you're looking for are if i come in can i find an mna opportunity for you a company that you can buy and acquire yes. and overnight double your revenue or you know, improve your revenue yes. so that's the value add i'm bringing right so a lot of people say they do this a lot of times unfortunately people yes. are just coming with a check not adding yeah. value yeah. but as a pe guy that's the stuff i'm looking for so i'm not really looking for is the founder good as you have it's just, yeah. this is this is gone you look that's at the gone. yeah yeah you look that's purely at the that's at, a later stage you look yeah. purely at the business model and you look at what's the key risk here do they yes. have say 90% of the revenue coming from one customer that's yes. a risk do they have too many debts 
do they have enough, you know, protections? Yeah. If I come in, you know, if I make some big capital expenditure, am I going to grow this business? So that's that's a little bit of what I'm looking for, which is extremely yeah. different from VC. So VC is also very different. Series A onwards is very different from early stage VC. So now if I bring back to what we were looking at at NZWIF. So VIF, yes. so VIF you know, having worked at VIF was extremely beneficial for yeah. my career because those guys had backed... So historically, they were doing it passively. When I yes. got hired, they were doing it actively. They had backed, you know, they had a company of, you know, they had a portfolio of 280 companies across the country. Wow, 280. 280. That is a massive portfolio. 280 companies across yes. across late stage VC and early stage. So we could, we would invest across the spectrum. Yes. We were, we had to do follow-on investments into the companies that we already yes. had. We were looking at new companies every year, and we were yeah. just a very small group of people. So the learning opportunities were immense yeah. while we were there. And plus, yeah. a lot of the companies, you know, as as a VC works, portfolio mm-hmm. works, is most of your companies are not going to come through. So we had the postmortem of all the dead companies too, as yes. to what went wrong in all these yeah. companies. So it was just an immense, immense, really, really valuable learning yeah. experience. And again... We had these. And then you obviously get to meet with all the smart people in Zealand and international people coming through. So I can tell you precisely what we looked at as an early stage VC compared to a late stage VC. I guess as a rule of thumb, again, it depends on the industry. It depends on the situation. Absolutely. It depends on, for example, what our strategy is. It depends on how much money we have in the bank at the moment. It depends on, you know, are there really good deals we're looking at? Because there was no rule of thumb. If because we, as government, we were supposed to spend $8 million per year, right? So we had to spend that money. Government yes. mandated us to do it to help. So our philosophy at VIF back then was let's give this money to the companies that had the greatest chance of success. So our CEO had told us, you know, we need to back the companies with the highest odds of success Absolutely. rather than yes. helping everybody. So that was our mandate. And every fund has its own mandate. But if you're a VC, then your mandate is to make money. Because yes. your, your investors are not going to back you if you lose money. Absolutely. So as I said, everybody has their own philosophy, their yes. own mandate. But I can give you some general rule of thumb as to what investors typically look for or what we used to th- – how, how we were told to look at stuff from a VC perspective. And again, early stage and late stage is we look at stuff differently. So we look at the yes. same things, early stage and series A and mm-hmm. later stage VC. Mm-hmm. But it's just the focus shifts. Yeah. Um, across the stages. So you're looking at the same things, the same mm-hmm. handful of things, but the focus actually shifts. What's more important across the stages is different. Yeah. And again, I can give you a personal opinion of mine. Yes. So there is a, so this is regarding early stage investment, especially angel yeah. investment. This is my personal opinion. Yeah. There is a big difference between, like, imagine super early stage stuff between friends and family. This is something yeah. founders might find really useful. This is, but this yeah. is how I think of this, having, been there, done that. When you're super early stage and you don't have as much validation, traction, etc., from an investor side, okay, mm-hmm. what we're there, what we're employed to do, especially when we're managing other people's money, is that we make investment decisions. Okay. An investment decision has four, three, four core things. You need to have an investment thesis. Why am I investing? Mm-hmm. How long am I investing for? What are the key risks here? Mm-hmm. And what needs to happen for this to work out? If you don't have these four things, yep. then you're taking a bet. You're not making yeah. an investment. So if I go to the, if I basically go to the uh, casino, mm-hmm. 
on the roulette and there is, you know, black and red and I put all on black, there's a 50% yes. chance I'll double my money. But what's my investment thesis? I don't have these four things ironed out. Yeah. So if I say this is an investment decision because I'm betting on black and if I, yes. just like a VC, I, I bet on black 10 times, something will, will pay me back eventually. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of angels are, they say I'm making an investment and I back the founder. But what they're typically doing is they're doing that. As a VC with someone, especially with someone who has not built a company before, yeah. if a new founder came to me and said, yeah. trust me, uh, this is my experience. In my mind, this is my personal opinion. This might be controversial, but yeah. I used to think, look, I don't have enough evidence here. Yes. Will you work out or would you not work out? So there are yeah. key things investors look at, mm-hmm. um, especially sophisticated investors. Especially yeah. when I say sophisticated, I mean investors with a method. Yeah. So some investors are investing with a specific methodology yes. and some investors are angels yes. and they are taking bets on founders really yeah. early on. Could be because of relationship, could be because of they recognize patterns in this founder that they yes. themselves saw in them when they yes. were going through this. Or it's because they have a, you know, an affinity to the industry that you're in. They yes. kind of get it. Or they may have special networks, special relationships, but they're like, you know, if I back this guy, like let's say someone like Jeff Bezos really strong e-commerce networks in the States. Yeah. You go to Jeff Bezos tomorrow, you don't need validation, you need nothing. You give him your idea, yes. and if it's e-commerce related, he can tell you based on his gut feel instantly, I yeah. can back you, I won't bet you, yeah. right? But if you go to a VC with no connection to e-commerce, for me, it's a bet. But yeah. for this guy, because he has more information than me, yes. for him, it's an investment. Early stage is very fuzzy. That's what I yeah. want to do, basically. Yeah. So that's the rule of thumb. That's my opinion on how I see investments. Yeah. This difference between investments and bets. Difference between take lots of bets. That's actually some people's investment strategy. Take lots of bets. And then, now I'll quickly walk you through what I think typical VCs look at when you yeah. go to them. They look, typically look at seven, eight things. Yeah. Firstly, they look at the team, especially yeah. when you go early stage. Yeah. Look at the team. And what they're looking for is, has this guy done it before? Has Is this guy, is this heart in the right place? Because building a company from scratch, because when a VC is investing money in you in the yeah. first round, he's like, okay, this is a 10-year journey because no yeah. one is investing for double or triple my money. Everyone wants a 1,000% return. Everybody. Yeah. Because if you're taking this massive amount of risk, backing an un, you know unproven business, you want massive return. Because, yeah, because otherwise I'd put my money in the bank. I'd put yeah. my money on or real estate or in private equity yeah. or in, even in private equity. Yeah. So private equity in New Zealand does really well. Yeah. If I can triple my money in private equity, why would I give you money in super early stage, triple yeah. my money when I can do that in private equity? Yeah. So as an asset class, if VCs yeah. want to be relevant, they have to go for these big wins, yeah. huge wins. So firstly, I look at the team and I be like, okay, if this is a 10-year journey, yeah. so you have occasions where you know, like WhatsApp and there are certain companies that got sold for huge amounts early on. But typically, you know, if you're doing VC, it's it's a really long game. So the first um, thing that you look at is the team. Is mm-hmm. this guy, is his heart in the right place? Is he, if he's, if he's there for, for the money, if it's just a job for him, yeah. then when, you know, if he gets another job somewhere else, he's going to leave. Is his heart yeah. in the right place? Why is he doing this? Can he navigate the ups and the downs that will eventually come? Because no matter what, if you're trying to disrupt something, you will have lots of struggles. Yeah, is, is this guy going to be able to navigate through the ups and the downs? Um, who has backed him? That's what we used yeah. to look at with because we were industry agnostic. We didn't have any yes. special. Who has backed him? Mm-hmm. You know, if are there other people with an affinity in the space? Are they backing him? Yes. 
who is he connected to what's his network is he you know we would diligence the founder so the yeah. founder is very very important especially yeah. the earlier you go thank you so much for listening to another episode of want money got money with sam kamani thank you hata for your time let's pick up this conversation again in the part 2 of this episode In part 2 Hataf is going to share what are the tough things or the hardest thing about being a VC and what happens when things go wrong and they often do what happens when founders don't produce the result that they promised so tune in and please subscribe so you don't miss any of this in the next episode i highly recommend if you are a founder and if you are interested in raising money from a vc or an angel you need to listen to the part 2 of this episode